Your beard looks nice. You trimmed it up. I did. I did trim it up a little bit. Um, I almost considered cutting it off because um, apparently the wife is not too pleased with it. She's about had enough of it. <laughs> I went to yeah. I went to kiss her forehead the other day, and she um, <laughs> she said she didn't like that because it put her nose right into my beard. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I get that. I just I actually had some bad news to break to you that um, I made a deal with Christy that when she gets halfway to her physical fitness goal. I will trim my beard way back to what she prefers. <laughs> so for anybody who might be listening to us um, on the podcast, it won't matter to you at all. But on right. the YouTube channel, you will notice a difference in both of our beards uh, in the coming weeks or months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, well, dear. when you do it, I'll do it. How's that sound? We'll do it together. Okay. We'll do it together. All right. It'll so. all tell Heather it all hinges on on Christie's fitness. So okay. no pressure. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Bearded Bible Brothers. Today we are starting our series on how to study scripture the Jewish way. And mm -hmm. it we don't know exactly how many episodes this is going to be. We're going to making it up as we go. But um, but we're going to dig in. Today's going to be an uh, intro episode to the topic discussing uh, what do you mean the Jewish way? And is that different than the Christian way? And what and why and how and all of that sort of thing. So Josiah, how do we study scripture the Jewish way? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> I, I really like this because it really what, what we do on this podcast highlights that in, in I think a, an excellent way. Um uh it Jewish Bible study is what I said earlier, it's a dialogue. It's opening up a conversation. And it's not just even between you and God. It also becomes an open conversation between you and a partner. Yeah. Uh, one of the very first things about getting into Jewish studying habits is finding a partner to do it with. Not and, doing it alone. No. And it's, it's, it's what I like about it so much is that it, it because it, because of that, it, it encourages more of that community. That intentional connection, especially around scripture. I remember when I went to my first synagogue meeting, it was on a Sabbath, and um, just watching everybody take turns going up and reading their portion was just inspiring. I was nearly in tears because having been raised in evangelicalism and just broad Christian practices, it's often very lonely. You're you're having to stand up there. I remember doing preaching my sermons, and it's it's kind of at some points it gets kind of easy just getting up there and just starting to just speak and just you're you're giving a sermon, you're giving part lecture, you're giving part teaching, and but yet those moments where 
people were interacting and they would say something back to me. That was the more exciting parts of going, okay, you're hearing me. I'm not just some guy standing up here pontificating. You're, you're interacting with me because you get into that audience mode. Right. And um, it often takes me back based on knowing that it's finding a partner going back to say what we, we talked about this a little bit in our last topic of church um, and meetings together, um, what those meetings could have looked like, especially say in a synagogue, somebody, somebody reads a scripture, they give, they give a thought on it. And then boom, everybody around the rooms just probably saying this or that. And the other side, Oh, wow. Yeah. What an experience that would be. Right. And that reminds me of uh, oftentimes in the gospels, a rabbi, a different rabbi, a teacher of the law, or a scribe, or a Pharisee or a Sadducee, will come to Yeshua and ask, what do you say about XYZ? Or right. how do you read this this um, portion of Torah? Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of places in the Gospels where it explicitly says that they were trying to trap him in his words. Mm. But as we as we read through the gospel accounts, if it doesn't explicitly say that, mm-hmm. we can't assume that because right. But but it's easy to start assuming like oh they just keep yes. questioning him and like he's right. on trial constantly. Right, right, but, right, exactly. Like you're interrogating a witness. Into, yeah, exactly. But from the the Jewish perspective, especially the ancient Jewish perspective, that's just how they dialogue that's how they discuss and how they study scripture okay the text reads blah 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 mm-hmm. what do you think of that how do you read that how do you interpret that in light of the rest of scripture not just give me your opinion on how to apply this to life but how do you interpret that in in light of the rest of scripture in light of everything that we know about about adonai mm-hmm. how do you read that text yeah and and it's it's a great way to and actually that's i don't know how many of our audience know this but that's one of the biggest reasons i think that nicodemus went to yeshua at night not because he was just working during the day because he was part of the sanhedrin and not because he was um intimidated or something um if i read about it in a book called uh, misreading scripture through individualist eyes Mm. And the author was talking about how if Nicodemus had shown up and and met up with Yeshua in the streets, mm-hmm. it would have been something of a showdown. Because the one with all of their disciples and the other with all of their disciples, when two rabbis meet in the street like that, there's there's almost an, a nonverbal understanding that we have to do something to see who is the greater rabbi. Yeah. So one will yeah. ask a question, not trying to trap the other, but just trying to have a discourse about the scriptures. Right. And so in order right. to avoid that whole situation and to come as a true supplicant of Yeshua, Nicodemus came at night without his disciples, without any pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. which shows his heart mm-hmm. in the whole thing. But but yes, right. I love that your very first one that you brought up was do it in community. Absolutely. And well, what's something you just brought up is, is is something that I think is going to be even more crucial 
especially when you start doing it from a Jewish perspective, because it's going to put you back into that Jewish perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what you just said, misreading scripture, actually reminded me of a book written by a guy named E. Randolph Richards. Um, okay. Entitled Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes, Removing Cultural Blinders to Better Understand the Bible. Yes, I I have that book, but I haven't read it yet. And Misreading Scripture Through Individualist Eyes is the sequel to that, which I accidentally oh. read first. Oh, I... I uh... Oh, yep. I see it. Yep. You're right. <laughs> like, sometimes you have those brain farts going, wait a minute. I, wait a minute. Did I know that? Or did I? Yep. yep there it is right there. Yes. Yes. The, the uh, wire's disconnected. Let's see here. Uh, threat, uh, individualist eyes, patronage, honor, patronage, excuse me, honor and shame in the biblical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet. I read the first one. But I have That's not so read funny. I've read the second and not the first. So <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Well, the first one was 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 very good. I I really enjoyed it a lot. He actually opens it up by um uh talking about he actually refers to uh, e- Eugene Peterson and mm-hmm. um it's just I really appreciated it because it was a decent balance. It 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 covered the religious aspect, the spiritual aspect, the lifestyle aspect. Um, mm. Some of the things I find so funny is that even just listening, sometimes I hear it from Christian pastors, but a great deal I, more I hear about it from rabbis. And that is, this isn't a religion. This isn't right. God calling us to be a religion. This is God calling us to be a people. Yes. And sometimes it, it when, 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 when we get into the, mindset of looking at it as a religion we miss that communal aspect this isn't some formula this is a way of life that god has called us to and this is where that way of life leads right yes oh man it's just and that's why i i I find it even more encouraging and even enabling to start looking at scripture more from a Judaic perspective and not just through a biblical study, because then I'm beginning to fully better understand not only what it's saying, but it's an additional invitation. Sometimes it would yes. seem, no, it's alien. Um, you, 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 or you've seen those videos online where somebody, uh, there was a guy walking around wearing um, a sombrero and a poncho on an, on an, on a uh, college campus. And he would yes. ask, them, what do you think of my, my outfit? They go, oh, you're appropriating. I think what you're doing is just so, so abominable. And then he goes to a street where they're putting on a Mexican festival. And he asks people there, what do you think of my outfit? They said, I love it. It's great. It's so yeah. cool. And you just can begin to see the dynamic of of being being in these two different positions, really, to where you yeah. can either look at yourself as an outsider looking in. Or you can look at it as I'm on the inside and I get to partake and be involved in this. Um, I, I know, I mean, I, for one, always thought when I was growing up that me and Jews were two completely separate things. Right. 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 But then even as an adult, you, I remember starting to reread Galatians and realize, wait a minute, the language here isn't what I always thought it was. This is very, very different. 
And I even remember even as a teenager, I'm going, there's something off about me saying Jews are different than me, even though I'm claiming their Bible is mine. The, the, the math, their Bible, their Messiah, their a whole bunch of their stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend yesterday. We were doing a little study on Hosea and, um, and so I was the one that suggested the topic of Hosea. And so when we got together yesterday, I asked him, so what do you think? Why did I want for the two of us to study Hosea? He's like, I, I really am not sure. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure what you're trying to say about my wife or, or what, but he's like, I, I read it. Um, but we had a great study about how we are the prostitute and how we are mm-hmm. um, part of Israel that keeps turning our backs on God. And uh, mm-hmm. just going back to what you were saying about we are in the text and not just outsiders looking in and, and right. judging those ridiculous Jews or anything remotely like that. Yes, we do. We are are part of it and we are just as guilty as any of them Mm -hmm. indeed and and yet what favor what amazing favor i i I know i brought this up before but i just i really just find it so amazing looking back at the story of rahab and how that subtle textual points of she's outside the camp and then she's inside the camp She's considered the word is goy, and then she's considered um. And it's like wow, what a what a transition! And you have the same yes. thing happening with Ruth. Um, and I was even thinking about Ruth just last night. Actually, I was watching an old old western of Jimmy Stewart's, and and one of the uh, actresses in it was uh in Ruth. Actually, she may have actually played Ruth. Now that I think about it. And um, it just got me thinking about Ruth again. And it just it's just so humbling to be able to say that even though I'm not Jewish, I'm just as much a part of God's family. Right. And he wants me to be part of that family. Now, we've got we've got the human part of this right now in this world. Jews are heavily, heavily bigoted. Anti-Semitism is just it's still going strong bigoted against yeah bigoted against excuse me yeah sorry for the lack of clarification just, bigoted, just want to clarify that yeah. one <laughs> yes absolutely and 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 the the hostility that they've received over the centuries um right. I, I remember when i was a child and watching filler on the roof for one of the first times and i remember hearing that russian diplomat saying these christ killers mm-hmm. and i'd never heard that before and i was probably i don't know eight eight or nine and i'm hearing that i'm going whoa what an interesting way of of looking at these people i'd never heard that term before but i could see how people could see that based on the fact that jesus came to his own and they did what they did right but the the very humbling experience of being being made part of this community doing even a store a study from a judaic perspective and a jewish study enables me to feel more part of that family in a lot of ways. And it helps me better understand my, my position, my role, my purpose, my meaning in that. 
Um, I was in a conversation just last week with somebody when it comes to meaning. And I actually wrote something down. This was just a, just several days ago. I'll go ahead and read it. I hadn't actually thought about reading this, but um, when it comes to the Bible, we understand it to be one incredible story, right? Um, so I was asking the very simple question, well, what is story? A question mm. almost esoteric, if not philosophical in nature. What then does it serve for the practical or down to earth? The same purpose serves for the thinker as it does the doer. Meaning. Meaning gives us the power of existence, thus endowing the validity of our lives with story. And I go on to even reference uh, Descartes um, and his his famous line of, I think, therefore I am. But to have the context of us being in God's family and within this very rich spiritual heritage. The, I guess you could say it's the spiritual, but really it's the volitional, the, the very holistic validity that, that, that bears on my heart and my soul and my mind. It just gives more, gives me more credibility to me just being here. Why would I be here? Other than God has had me here for the fact that I get to have the relationship I get to have with him and be that expression of that relationship. No one else can have the relationship I have with him in the sense that I've had very unique experiences. And as a result, I get to express those experiences. And it just and and then that just the weaver, it it brings me back to the phrase the weaver and it just how God just weaves all of this in and out Mm -hmm. and just makes us realize more and more of just how we are included in this. And that we do have a voice. I remember, as I was saying earlier, though, I was I remember going to also to my first Shabbat service, and the greeting I got at the door was less than what I expected. You remember me telling you about that? I do. You even said you you had a buddy go to a Shabbat service, and mm-hmm. he got something of a. I would call it cold. I wouldn't call it rude. I wouldn't call it mean or anything like it was just sure. a cold reception and cold and almost suspicious. Yes. Yes. That was it. Yes. Yes. And and you said, he said something to them. What was that again? Yeah. So, so a friend of mine years ago went to a um, Shabbat synagogue service and um, experienced something very similar, uh, just a cold reception, suspicious. What are you doing here? Type type atmosphere although they never explicitly said that um and so i i think the story goes i I think i'm remembering it as um he stayed for the whole service goes down um for anybody who doesn't know traditionally um synagogue services will end with a meal a fellowship meal afterward and so he stays for that lunch and some of the men come up to him and ask him suspiciously not just hey what brings you here but um what are you doing here and why are you here and what what's going on um and he starts by answering some of their questions and uh, and the rabbi himself is within earshot but he stops and he responds you know for being the people who are descendant of abraham you're not being very hospitable at all Uh, Abraham is a man of hospitality and you are being very unhospitable. In fact, Adonai said that 
he was going to use you as a light to the nations to draw them in and you're doing the exact opposite and the men started to to get flustered and started to get frustrated but the rabbi himself comes over and says this gentleman is absolutely right you are not welcoming our guest mm -hmm. and so we have that human element going on here but does does that ultimately detract from what god's doing mm. i would say the answer is no god's still going to do what he's doing we have our moments for crying out loud of as course. in that moment right there and we, we we we're trying to work with things in this world we i remember when i was um uh when i was a children's pastor we had it had been up to that point there had been several church shootings and so i had to take it seriously going i have to put these kids in a safer location in the building because we kind of had them spread out so i had to relocate sure. all of them to one central location and I even talked with a guy that was attending the church who used to be in military security. And uh, I got his input on stuff. And it was it was weird. It was kind of taking me out of this. Oh, I don't. You've used the lullaby effect with scripture. I had to take myself out of this lullaby effect of, oh, I'm just at service. Everything's hunky dory. But no, I have to take into account the possibility of someone walking into this church with ill intentions. Right. I actually have to keep this in mind. And it was a startling realization of going, whoa, what just happened? This doesn't feel right. And it's, it was that a, an extra reminder of we're not there yet. We're not home yet. He hasn't come back yet. Right. But yet as a result, I, I, you and I had that conversation with my 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 friend John. He says, uh, what, "What seems to be such a challenge becomes a blessing, right?" And it did. Yeah. It became that blessing. And um, I remember when I was walking out of that. When I first walked up to the door, the guy at the door says, "So, what are you doing here?" I said, "Well, I have some questions, and I hope to find some answers." He goes, "His answer was, well, you're not going to find any answers here." I was like, okay, mm -hmm. but after the service, he asked me the exact same thing. Well, did you find well, something similar? He said, well, did you find your answers? I said, oh, I found so many answers, and I've got so many more questions. <laughs> and I was like, Which in and of itself is a very Jewish response. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yep. It, is. it is. I found it some is. answers, and now I have zillions <laughs> more questions. Exactly. Exactly. And so what, what 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 may have been a very cold experience was just a very warm one. I just remember sitting there thinking, wow, what a way of actively engaging everyone. And and it wasn't just for the purpose of coming and singing and hearing sermon, the amount of prayer beforehand. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Just I couldn't understand it all. It was all in Hebrew, which I think is such an important aspect to do, actually, if you're going to study a, 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 a text that's not of your native language learn the language that it was written right but um oh it was just so incredible absolutely incredible and it made scripture pop even more yes. right what yep. are some things you've done that you've found that's that's kind of added to your study of scripture has there any been anything like that well it one of the biggest things is um, 
kind of maybe getting a little bit more back on track on the on the specifically um, how how the Jews study scripture. Right. When I started learning from various different rabbis, um, some who believe that Yeshua is Messiah and some who don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding out that they ask questions about the text that we never even think to ask. One yeah. of the biggest ones that that was eye-opening for me was okay. um, the question, why did God choose Abram? I've never yeah. thought to ask that. That's a because great he's God. Because he can. <laughs> is that is that even okay to 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 ask? Is that a knowable thing? Because mm-hmm. he did. Just keep reading. But mm-hmm. then, w- when you dig into the study of it, and you find that the answer is buried in a brief little genealogy at the end of Genesis 11, you go, oh, yes. Oh, Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. So that was one. A second one that I really enjoyed was just finding out the simple fact that, um, and I'm sure that this isn't every single individual, but by and large, when a Jewish person comes across a question that a question about the text. They don't understand something about the text. Right. Typically, they start celebrating. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they they rejoice that that at some point, after however much study, they will understand this this quandary. Mm-hmm. And why wait to celebrate that that it is knowable and that the understanding is out there? I just haven't discovered it yet. It makes it more of an adventure and a quest. Whereas we in the West, we in Christianity more, uh, we come across a question in Scripture, Mm -hmm. which even in and of itself assumes that um, we don't give up on reading Scripture. Because a lot of times people will read the Bible, have questions, and then stop reading it thinking, I'm not smart enough to understand this, or I need somebody to to interpret this for me. So... Mm -hmm. If, if you're reading the Bible and you come across questions, that means you're doing it right. Mm, but mm-hmm. in evangelicalism or in, in the West at large, if we come across a, a query or a question, we generally try to beat our brains out until we can find the answer. Um, and then we get frustrated if we don't find the answer. Whereas right. they start celebrating because they recognize that they are not God. And God has right. all the answers. And so yes. with with the appropriate amount of community and fellowship and study, the answer will be found out eventually. Why wait to celebrate? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I That was another piece of that Shabbat service that was just so mesmerizing was the parade of the Torah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This doing is, the Torah walk? Yes. This is why we are here. It was, let's focus ourselves. Um, it, it was if it was as if it was almost acting. I'm not going to say it is, but it was just acting kind of like the zizi, where you see that and it that constant reminder, that visual yeah. reminder. But when you wa- see that going around, and you the people making the very intention of of touching their satyrs to it or their shawls, the prayer shawl to it, it just it made it even more but more of the point of we're here for this. We're not here for ourselves. Although that right. becomes an effect, we are here for us in that sense. 
but we're here to together read, think, and in this way, I mean, talk about meditation. The 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 whole uh, Joshua one nine, uh, I think on his word day and night, um, just to think of 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 everything going on in that moment and the constant reminder of getting your mind cycled into scripture. I remember reading one rabbi saying that um, before he even starts a study, he will start praying and meditating for a full hour so he can Mm. get himself into that position to really start studying the scripture and be prepared to start asking those questions that he might not otherwise ask. Yeah. That's great. And, and it's exciting. You, you have, I remember sitting there f- thinking, okay, now I have the feeling of elation, but it was, doesn't just simple elation. It was sitting back and going, now I'm beginning to see holistically what this can look like, what right. this can be like. And, oh man, there's days I, I, I revisit that in my head and I start asking myself questions. And, and, uh, it's just, it's just a wonder to be able to see how scripture comes alive. I, I, I'm kind of removing some of those more basic approaches to Bible study that I've been taught over the years, which are fine, yes. which are fine. But when, when, when this happens, it, there's so, the word that I keep coming back to is depth. Mm-hmm. You're getting out of the kiddie pool and you're going into the Olympic pool. Forget that. You're jumping in the ocean. Right. And there's miles of depth to this that you never knew existed, right? You never knew existed. And and you don't need it in order mm-hmm. to have relationship with God. True. But it is absolutely phenomenal when you find out those those deeper things and 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 the way scripture is constructed and the literary devices they're in that we're going to get into as we go through this this series it it almost makes questions like how do you know that the bible is a divine book it right. makes those absolutely ridiculous when when you dig into yeah. it and you it it becomes a non-issue anymore right of, there is absolutely no possible way that it's not right and exactly i don't remember who said it um it might have been george mcdonald it might have been gk chester i don't remember but um one of them famously said that um that the bible or the scriptures are shallow enough for the meek to come and drink but deep enough for the theologians to drown i'm pretty sure that was chesterton Okay. I think it was Chesterton, yeah. But although was, not to say that McDonald didn't have, he had some, he had some doozies too. <laughs> absolutely, but but that was, it just blows my mind that uh that I don't even know that 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 gentleman had the Jewish depth of understanding of it and mm-hmm. understanding the the oral Torah and understanding how midrash works and what the Talmud is and. Right. Um, I don't know that he knew what chiasms were. I don't know that he knew the law of first use or, or just, I, it's so much deeper than I've ever, ever fathomed. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, 
glorious and it doesn't even seem like a strong enough word to use well and as you said earlier you, you don't have to have that in order to have a relationship with god but right. having that creates that more meaningful relationship with god yeah and i that's what i find so thrilling about it even when um, we sit down with our kids um on shabbat and we read the the parsha portion for that week mm -hmm. um I get excited about it because here come the questions yes. and oh man, the questions I've just, I've so enjoyed it because I, I hear my kids asking these questions and it tells me they are engaging. They heard what was just read out loud, which is another key feature of, of a lot of Bible study, but they read, heard what was read out loud and they got a question and yes. what my <laughs> Well, both of them get kind of frustrated when I answer their question with a question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. They kind of get a little frustrated at that. But then they go, okay, well, maybe I would answer it this way. But the funny thing is, is that it actually brings them back to another question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my daughter, I remember her sitting there one time and she goes, Dad, we've asked plenty of questions. Can we please have an answer? <laughs> Uh, good for you, Carly. Good for you, Josiah, <laughs> responding like a rabbi, answering question with question. But good for you, Carly, going, come on now. Can we just have something that we can start building backwards? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I teach a, a class um, in, in one of the congregations I'm a part of. I teach a class on uh, going through different parts of Scripture. But... Uh, there's an ongoing running joke now in our in our class that okay. if you ask a question of Matt, you're going to get one of two responses. You're either going to get the answer of ish. Is it like this or is it like that? Yeah. Oh, ish. Yeah. yeah. Or or the other answer that I'll give that uh, is that. They'll ask, okay, when, when we read this text, is this what's being referenced or is this what's being referenced? And I'll just uh, say yes. Uh -huh. So ish and uh -huh. yes are the two. Uh -huh. so that, that doesn't help. That's not what we were looking for. But but that's the honest answer because it's oh, both. Yes. Or it's, it's both of those things in a way, but then scale out and look at the macro again. And so ish. Right? <laughs> oh, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh me! And I, I was trying to think of his name. Uh, something Wilson. Um, our father Abraham is one of the books that he wrote, uh, among another one. Yes, uh, our heritage or something like that. And one of the reasons why I, I, I'm so thankful I found those books when I did, was that it gave me that basic introduction, so to speak, into how are you going to approach this. How, how do yeah. you understand this from a Jewish perspective? And so as a result of reading him initially, um, the anal I, I, I remember I was working with a guy. He, he and I were actually really close. We were just studying scripture together, and we just kept wondering, how how is our thinking supposed to work with this? Right. And then he brings up analogic, or what's also known as block thinking or block logic. Right. And no longer was scripture in conflict with each other. Right? You were Go ahead allowed... and explain that concept for our listeners. 
Yeah, you're allowed to have two opposing. Now I've brought this up before in another podcast, but you you have two what seem to be opposing thoughts, two truths standing right next to each other, and yet they still work. Yes. Rather than looking at them as in as in competition with each other, analogic will look at them as okay, where do these fit in? How do these mm-hmm. fit in and where do they work? Whereas yes. with with logic, you're trying to work on reason, but you're not really you're 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 it's kind of the backwards a part of reason. These are two facts. That's why that are um sorry, go ahead. They're two facts that are not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the Correct. other. They're both real at the same time. How do they fit together? Correct. And and so that's why one of the one of the things we're, we'll get into this much later, but I'll just mention it now. One of the things when you first start looking into um, study material, additional helps, is factual knowledge. Hmm. And the benefit of having that more factual knowledge, which is one reason why I, I, I enjoy doing the, the Bible study through a Jewish lens, because it takes it a little more literally yes. um, in the sense that, OK, so it's saying that that Abraham did this and then he did that. And so rather than taking it out of, say, the the, the just the practical reality of life and into some sort of spiritual metaphor, we can go back into that literal part of life and go, wait a minute. No, Abraham's making some very direct statements to God and he's being very forthright and he's being what some people would call confrontational. Right. But then you also see Moses doing the exact same thing. You even see Jacob Mm -hmm. doing the same thing where he's saying, I'm not going to let you go. And by doing it through that succession of perspective, you begin to see the type of relationship that these people had with God and what that relationship resulted in Yeah, and how it just, Oh man. I, I remember one time I was reading, um, yeah, it was the, the narrative of Jacob. And I thought, what? how on earth you're telling God, he's saying, okay, let go of me. And you're not listening to him. <laughs> Where are you listening to and him? Then- and then you get blessed for not having listened to him? Exactly. Wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and then that was the moment where I realized, wait a minute. He wants me to be passionate about this to the point of going, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Right. Yeah, my hip's out of socket or my shoulder, whatever. Life is discombobulated right now. I'm not letting you go, though, until I get everything from you. And that was the moment where the statement of, and they take heaven by storm, came even more to life. It's like, whoa, okay, I'm, 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 I'm really starting to get this. And the overall motivation that God would have us use in just pursuing him. One of the reasons yes. why I really like A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You just, oh. Full throttle, man. Full throttle. Yeah. So, well, um, any other thoughts in introducing this topic, Matt? So, um, next time on on the next podcast, we we are going to jump into Genesis chapter twenty two, mm-hmm. and talk through the story, very very familiar story of Abraham being told to offer Isaac as a sacrifice on top of Mount Moriah. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, for our, our listeners, you may want to go and read the chapter again, even though you, I'm sure it's a familiar story, um, and take some notes on it. Just yeah. note your thoughts. What's surprising? What isn't? What questions come up as you as you think through it? So we're going to be in Genesis 22 next week, and we're going to actually teach you some of the, the Jewish tools of Bible study while we go through the study. So, um, but I think that's about all we want to do in the intro episode. I think so, so too. And, and we'll, we'll um, I, we've got some really great resources. We'll, we'll be able to give you some ideas of some resources you can draw upon um, both from a, a Jewish and well as, as a Christian um, perspective. It's going to be really yes. good. And And don't get bogged down with the fear of, Oh, it's, it's something else to learn or something else to know. This isn't, there's no pressure on this. Right. There's no pressure on this. The more, as, as you've probably heard it many times, the more you use something, the better you get at, at you doing it. Right. So while this yep. is going to be new for those puzzlers out there who like to do the puzzles, you're going to love this because chiasm is a lot like a puzzle. You're putting something together. So, and those of you who are not puzzlers who don't necessarily love that, right? Hopefully, we can we can answer some questions that very very frequently come from that particular text, mm-hmm. and hopefully demonstrate for you the the benefits of doing the puzzling and sitting with the tension of, and and talk through it so that mm-hmm. you can appreciate it, even if it's maybe not your most favorite thing. Um, you can appreciate the the Jewish side of how to study scripture. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, so uh, thank you for listening in today. We appreciate having you here with us again. Always, always, please send us some note. We'd love to hear what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, negative, positive, beardedbiblebrothers at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll be back next time. 